Welcome back to another episode of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And today's guest is Mr. Ben Arthur for Fox Sports. He covers the AFC South for Fox Sports, and uh, to be exact. We're going to talk a little bit of Titans, a little bit of Colts, and of course their matchup, and a little bit of the AFC South. You definitely don't want to miss it. But before we get started into that, of course, I want to tell everyone, uh, thank you all for listening. Wherever you're listening from, it be Google, whether it be Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. And if you would, go ahead and subscribe wherever you can. Um, so that way you don't miss any episodes. Also, on Spotify, there is an option to rate the show. I'd greatly appreciate it. Five stars is encouraged <laughs> also uh if you're listening on apple podcast there's a way to rate the show and also review it as well again five stars is encouraged thank you thank you thank you before we get to uh speaking with uh ben of course there's something i gotta get off my chest well not something necessarily they gotta get off my chest in this episode per se but definitely 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 have to talk about it this week, a memorable player for the Titans, a Titans great, announced his retirement. That'd be Mr. Delaney Walker. Tight end Delaney Walker uh, officially announced his retirement. Of course, he didn't play. He played last in the 2019 season. However, he did announce his retirement from the NFL. Uh, plenty remember him. Uh, as being a, a guy that came here from San Francisco 49ers after their Super Bowl run. And, you know, he came here and, you know, just a funny story. When he was a free agent, I was one of the first people to probably say, hey, he's probably going to come to the Titans. The Titans, uh, I, I kind of uh, threw the shot out there that he would come to the Titans. And sure enough, the Titans signed him and, and it's been one of the best signings that they have had. He came here and uh he kind of established uh, reestablished uh the mentality here of the Titans in terms of their aspirations, their grit, just the way he he always told it how how it was. Every single time you ask him. And he just went out there and he left it all out there on the field, made great plays every time he was out there. I mean, if you don't understand uh as far as uh everything that he did, I mean, he was a 6th round pick out of, uh, I mean, I think it's Central Missouri. And from what I understand, he did not play tight end kind of the start. So he kind of was a converted tight end. He wasn't, didn't have all the heights and measurables of your average tight end. He's probably like 6'1", six six foot, six foot one. He's not very tall. But he definitely had the moves, he had the heart, and he made it happen. I mean, one year he had, what, 94 receptions. He had, he had 63 receptions his second year here uh, in Tennessee uh, for 890 yards. His third year here, he had 94 receptions. And then 
including the 90 and, and with those 94 receptions, he became only the ninth tight ninth tight end ever to record 90 catches in a single season. Made a couple Pro Bowls and you know, it'll be interesting to see how people stack up his numbers uh, and and where he lands in, in potentially, you know, talk of Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, I can't say he will or won't make it, uh, but definitely Delaney Walker had an impact, not only with uh, in the NFL, but definitely on the Titans. And, you know, he's greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, you know, definitely got a chance to uh, meet him before one game uh, while he was playing. Uh, definitely kind person took a picture. Uh, also, you know, just, you know, one that again, told it how it was at all times. And that's greatly appreciated. Wishing him well in retirement and whatever different things he is planning to do. Right. That's the get it off your chest segment for this episode. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, you'll be listening to my conversation with Ben Arthur on touring the AFC south going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to well let me tell you about peace of mind counseling and life coaching they offer services ranging from mental health counseling parenting classes life coaching services therapy alcohol and drug assessments and so much more and all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors also they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230 to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615 615- Nine three zero one two three zero. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And the AFC South has been... Quite an interesting ride so far. As you can see, the teams have gone up and down like, you know, a roller coaster. But I didn't want to kind of observe the AFC South. Of course, there is a big matchup between the Colts and the Titans as well. I wanted to bring someone in that has a keen eye on the AFC South, knows it probably like the back of his hand. That would be Mr. Ben Arthur from Fox Sports. What's going on, man? What's up, Mike? Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on. Now, of course, uh, if you want, man, you can give everyone your background, kind of how you got to Fox Sports in terms of the different places you've been kind of leading up to it. Yeah, for sure. So I I just started at Fox Sports a couple weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. So still fairly new in this role. Before that, um, I was covering the Titans for the Tennessean for the last year and a half. And then uh, before moving to Nashville, I was working in Seattle which is where I'm from. Uh, I was covering the Seahawks for seattlepi.com where I um, covered the Seahawks from the 2018 to the 2020 season. And so that, so my experience covering the NFL dates back to then. And and then before that um, had some, uh, had a job at kind of a, like a small news outlet and on the border um, of 
of Texas and, and Mexico. That's a whole nother story. Um, my first wow. job out of college. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how I got my foot in the door. Went to the University of Portland, uh, graduated 2017. And um, like I said, the NFL journey started in 2018. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's kind of, kind of the short, um, of, of how I kind of ended up to, uh, to where I, where I am now. Got you. Got you. I still, you know, funny thing is, I don't know if you remember, but I remember seeing you when you first got to the Tennessean, actually, uh, my day job was actually in the same, was in the same building at that time. So I still remember you walking in at the Tennessean and I was like, like, who's that guy? You know, actually, at first, I thought you were like a high school kid walking in, and they were just oh, doing an intern. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, I I remember you mentioning that too. I think when when you were out at uh, Titans during uh, was it training camp or OTAs or something, and you know, honestly, for whatever reason, I I don't I don't remember that. Um, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we've been able to. Um, you know, kind of get to know each other a little bit. Um, and, um, but yeah, man, uh, what, what, what exactly did you do in the building again? I'm trying to remember. Oh, well, you know, I, I want to kind of keep that on hush hush. You know, that's the good, that's the government stuff, man. I'm just playing. I'm playing. I'm playing <laughs> I work in the, uh, day job. I, I do, uh, I work in the, the financial field. The day oh, job, that's so. okay. Yeah. Got it, got it. No, I was being silly, man. You know, I, I, you know, I'm not working for the FBI or the CIA or nothing like yeah. that. No. Hey, no. I, I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, you could have been, I, it, you know, <laughs> it would have been all right, all right then. <laughs> said. Nah, nah, nah. I don't, I don't think I had the patience to learn all that different stuff and be as coy as they can be. They got that. But, you know, speaking of uh, interesting uh, things in terms of, uh, you know, life and watching, the AFC South has been something interesting to watch. You had the Jaguars coming out strong. You had the Titans and the Colts stumbling out the blocks. And you had the Texans just being the Texans. But, you know, what what can you say just about the AFC South in the first six weeks? Yeah, it's it's kind of like you said, it, it's kind of been a roller coaster a bit, I think. Well, for, I'll kind of take two different ways to kind of break this down, because I think if you're not familiar with the AFC South and like entering the 2022 season, you would have said, oh, the Colts on paper are probably the best team in the division, um, you know, with all the talent they have, um, the guys they have coming back, adding Matt Ryan in into the uh, fold adding Stefan Gilmore into the fold. Oh yeah, that's the best kind of team on paper. But then you you look at that. Then you consider people who've actually been following the division. You you know kind of how the the Colts have always seemed to fall short of expectations and um, for for whatever reason. I mean, we, we saw last season when when they fell to the Jags um, in just that that stinker at the end of the season uh, had seven Pro Bowlers and and whatnot. And so. Um, the, the Titans, I think if, if you're kind of familiar with the division, you're, you're like, oh, it's probably the Titans to lose. Um, but then we get started with, with the kind of the 0-2 start for both the Colts and the Titans. It's like, oh, okay. Um, I mean, everyone kind of knows the AFC South isn't very good. It's probably, um, it probably draws the least attention of any division in the NFL. Um, and, and I don't think that's up to debate um but but then you saw the jags kind of have their little run going right that they won those two games by 20 plus points and it's like oh maybe it's 
you know, the, the Colts are, are kind of underperforming again. The Titans don't look right in the Jags. Oh, they, they have a new coach, Doug Peterson. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has seemed to take another step. They have a good defense. They've won two straight at 20 plus. Maybe they're the team, the, the quick ascending team. But then the Jags finally started uh, to lose, <laughs> uh, like kind of same old Jags, right? And uh, now they've lost three straight. Um, and the Titans have now won three straight. And, and the Colts have won, what, three of their last four. And so I, I think we're starting to see kind of the division level out again to where it's really the Titans to lose and the Colts seeing if if they can kind of overtake the Titans. And so I think that's um, I think that backstory is kind of important for this Titans Colts matchup th this weekend with the Titans having won the last four matchups. It's actually the Titans longest winning streak against the Colts in the um, the rivalries history. But um, but yeah, that's kind of what this division has been. It's kind of been a lot of ups and downs. Um, a lot of like not so good football, as, as you kind of said, the, the Texans are kind of the irrelevant team because the Jags, even though they've kind of gotten back on like a losing streak, they've I, I think that they're they've still kind of shown improvement in that they're maybe somewhat competitive. Um, but it, it's really kind of a lot of bad football, honestly, like <laughs> the Titans just find ways to win games, the Colts. Um, they've had so many offensive issues. I mean, they finally figured it out, and, and we'll probably talk more about this right um, against the the Jags. Um, but but they needed Matt Ryan to throw the ball so much. Um, but but for the most part, right, we haven't really seen the offensive line perform. Jonathan Taylor hasn't really been able to get go get going. Darius Leonard, or I should say Shaquille Leonard, now uh, <laughs> hasn't hasn't played what he's only played like 16 snaps this season. Um, right. And so, so yeah, it's honestly, man, to, kind of the long way to answer your question. It's really kind of hard to say what this division is. I mean, it's really just going to be who I think does kind of the best in, in, in the division games, because I, I think we, we both kind of know maybe um, in the AFC, they're not really going to be um, at least in the win loss column, maybe not be like like the Bills or the Chiefs, mm -hmm. a, a team that maybe jumps out like that. But I think whoever can control um, the division games is going to kind of be the one who um, ends up coming out of this. And um, so, so yeah, that, that's kind of what, what this division has been. Um, it, it's kind of been a mix of a lot of things. Right, right, definitely. Now, <clears throat> As far as the team you spoke of, you spoke of a team that has won a division back-to-back -back years. We're going to get to the other team that they're going to be facing this weekend. But we're going to talk about the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know, they started off 0-2, then they went three in a row, then they hit the bye week. Do you think that bye week hit perfectly for them, or do you think that maybe they should have uh, – that they would wish it would be later in the year because they were kind of rolling at that time? Um, I mean, with the bye week, it, it's kind of like, I mean, you just kind of have to deal with it, right? I mean, last year, I think everyone would kind of say, oh, the, the bye week kind of came at the perfect time because they had played, what, 12 straight games or whatever, and, and they had just a ton of guys on injured reserve and they needed guys to get healthy. But um, even this year, even though it's an early bye, they they really needed it. They, they, they have 
I, I'm, I don't quite remember off the top of my head where, where they rank in terms of guys on um, injured reserve, but I know they're in the top three. Um, so um, they, they've had a lot of guys hurt, right? They, they lost Harold Landry um, mm -hmm. right before the opener. They lost Taylor Lewan from the Bills game. Traylon Burks is out for a few weeks. Um, so Racy McMath still hasn't played. Exactly. Racy McMath still hasn't played, and, and he's probably not going to come. If he does come back, it's not going to be until later this season. And so this is a team that did need the, the bye, even though it kind of came early. Um, so, so, so we'll kind of see um, who, who they get back. I mean, Mike Rabel didn't really – reveal a whole lot and and he's kind of always like that with injuries but but I think Elijah Molden um has a chance to kind of get back Bud Dupree has been practicing again I, I think Bud Dupree is a guy um who hasn't really been able to live up to that contract right that that five years uh 80 80 plus million to kind of be that top pass rusher um he, he was never really fully 100% last year. You thought coming into this year he was 100%, but then he has another setback. He, he has um, the hip issue, um, and, uh, you know, he's been practicing this week. He was full go today. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. Um, so, um, you know, that that's kind of promising considering a, a Titans pass rush that's already kind of played well without him. And I think that's one of the biggest stories of the Titans, how well – their pass rush is playing despite not having Bud Dupree really out there. Uh, Harold Landry hasn't been there this season. And Ola Adeni, what one of their top backups, has um, kind of had an issue, neck issue when he was just placed on injured reserve as well. Um, how Rashad Weaver has really emerged. He's the team leader in sacks. And then Danico Autry and, and Jeffrey Simmons have uh, kind of wreaked havoc wreaked havoc as we expected they would, but I think that group up front has really played well. And you get Bud Dupree, um, who appears to be healthy now. I mean, we, we still kind of have to see for the games, but um, he's um, kind of back in the mix now. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think whenever you have a bye week, it'll help um, a team. And even though for the Titans, it was kind of early, I, I think they're um, definitely going to reap the benefits of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, <clears throat> I will say this, you know, of course, with the bye week, you do have a lot of time to tinker with a few things. And I'm wondering, do you think the Titans coming out of the bye week will kind of show off a few of the little tinkers they've done and, and you know, kind of been working on? I mean, you have to hope so. I mean, <laughs> you know, they are three and two. They have so many issues, um, as, as you know. They can't score in the second half. Um, I, I, they're still, uh, worse than the league in, in second half scoring. Um, mm -hmm. they're actually the number, they have the number one red zone offense in the league, but they also get to the red zone the second fewest times in the league. So that's a problem when you can't get there. Um, and then I think defensively that pass defense, all those explosive plays over the top of the, the DB's heads, that's probably the number one issue when, and Mike Rabel said that um, this week saying that's kind of like the number one priority cleaning up and, and limiting those X plays. And I think getting Amani hooker back, he, he cleared concussion protocol. Um, and I think um, he's really going to help shore up that back end, help out Kevin Byard 
help out those kind of young cornerbacks. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, there, there are definitely things that have that need to change. I mean, this is a team that seems to just each of their wins has come just in dramatic fashion, right? They're not winning yes. with comfort. They're, they're, they're ugly wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, you just talk about that and, and there's a lot that kind of needs to be done. But I think from a past defense standpoint, I think that's where we could maybe see the biggest change changes and, and obviously getting Amani back. I think that's going to help shore up the back end. Definitely. Definitely. They don't call him the tight end stopper for nothing. So, and that's, uh, that's a, 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 piece of the Colts that actually exploded on the Titans in the last matchup, of course, with uh, Mo Ali Cox uh, definitely having one of his best games. Um, now, <clears throat> I'm going to flip over to the Colts, and you mentioned it earlier. The Colts beat the Jaguars 34-27, but Matt Ryan had to throw the ball 58 times. I mean, I'm surprised his arm is still attached. Um <laughs> Do you, I mean, what did you see from that game that maybe they can use going into this one? Because to me, I think they can use the short passing game to kind of extend their running game since they're having issues there. But 58 times, no. He cannot throw the ball 58 times and then win another game, in my opinion. Yeah, and Matt Ryan even said that um, today, that, that you know, throwing 50 times a game isn't sustainable. I mean, I, I think the, ja- the, the Colts, they're able – to find something that worked against a particular opponent um, in the Jags in, in going with that tempo, you know, that no huddle, that quick passing game, kind of limiting the Jags from making substitutions and getting the ball so quickly that those edge guys like Josh Allen weren't able to get to Matt Ryan. And, and I think and, and took pressure off of that offensive line, which has struggled so much, but um, in terms of what what the Colts can replicate, right, in terms of heading into this critical game uh, with the Titans, I think, first of all, I think they have an offensive line combination that I think can work. Um, we They put Den- veteran Dennis Kelly at left tackle. He, he replaced Bernard uh, Raymond early in that game against the Jags. And having Braden Smith back at right tackle, Matt Pryor at right guard, um, I, I think that's at this point, I mean, that's what the fourth, maybe the fourth or fifth uh, lineup that the Colts have used on the offensive line. But I think with the success, even though we, we know it was a quick passing game, um, the, the scheme was designated that was created in a way to kind of take pressure off of them. I think we did see some big strides and, um, and, and some strong showings from those guys up front with that particular um, configuration uh, of the offensive line. So I, um, I think that's something to build on, especially when you consider not only just in, in terms of pass protection, but that they could be getting Jonathan Taylor back, who um, didn't play the last game with that ankle injury. I think there's a chance he gets back out there. And, um, you know, if, if they can get those big holes for Jonathan Taylor, I mean, all of a sudden that Colts offense is, you know, a lot better. Um, and, and again, that takes pressure off of Matt Ryan too. And I know Naheem Hines was a full part, full participant in practice as well on, on Wednesday. So he's a guy that's probably going to play. So you have Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines coming back potentially 
um, having both those guys behind um, an offensive line that finally showed some promise and Matt Ryan finally being able to trust those guys up front a little bit more. I think that combination confidence, if nothing else, is probably the, the biggest thing that the Colts got out of that game that, you know, we, we can be a dynamic offense uh, when, when all the right things are clicking. I mean, they, they were the worst scoring offense in the NFL before that game against Jacksonville, and they were able to find something that worked. Um, and they, they do have a lot of dynamic young pass catchers. And like you were saying earlier, they, they did, were able to find a lot of success against the Titans in that first matchup. So if that O-line group up front is able to protect for Matt Ryan, give him give him time uh, to kind of go through his reads and, and get the ball to those guys like Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman Jr., Mo Ali Cox, Jelani Woods, um, they Branson. can image because, as we said, the Titans' pass defense is very bad. They give up X plays left and right. Um, so – I think as long as Matt Ryan has just an ounce of time and he can get the, the ball to those playmakers, um, I, I think the the Colts can have a lot of success on Sunday. For those that have checked out my picture, my new picture for my you know graphics for my podcast, you can tell I have a new image, an updated image, a professional looking image. It's time for you to take control of your image. And you can take control of your professional image with a fresh set of headshots by the good folks of Joshua Silver's Photography. Let Josh at Joshua Silver's Photography handle your personal branding, business headshots, portrait, or any other photographic need with great pricing and even better quality. You can reach him via phone at 423-557-6746. Once again, that's 423 423- Five five seven six seven four six. You can also reach him at Instagram at Joshua Silver's Photography, or you can reach him on Facebook. Call Joshua Silver's Photography and get yourself booked today. I know I did, and he's got me looking great. All right. All right. Now, of course, uh, we you did mention one of the things that we uh, we're going to talk about a little later was the, <clears throat> you know, something that they can do against the Titans that kind of, you know, can help them win the game. But of course, defensively, you're without Shaquille Leonard more than likely. You might be without Shaquille Leonard again. That's not been said or not either way. Um, You know, your 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 defense did play better last week, but they still gave up 27 points to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, how do you expect this defense to attack this uh, Titans offense this week? Yeah, well, I mean, apart from that Colts game, uh, I mean that that Jags game. I mean, the defense has been really good. I mean, yeah, that's they, true. Yeah, I mean, they were second in rushing yards allowed per play. I mean, the Jags were able to kind of rattle off those big runs in the, in the first couple quarters. Um, but really after that, they were able to clamp down. Uh, they've been pretty good in coverage uh, for the most part. I mean, Stefan Gilmore has showed that he's still a really, really, really good corner, if not an elite corner still. Um 
DeForest Buckner, um, Zaire Franklin, who's really been the lead dog in the mi middle of their defense with uh, Shaquille Leonard having missed time um, has been dynamic. Um, it's, a, it's a really strong defense um, that stops the run. Um, so again, I, I think, if the I think it's really on the Colts offense because the Colts defense has been what's been consistent the whole season, apart from the Jacksonville game um, that those first five games of the season, they gave the offense chances to win. Um, but it, but it was really the offense, the offense's ineptitude that kind of ruined a, a lot of those chances. Um, so I think if, if the offense finds that consistency if they can continue to, you know, put points up on the board, if if that old line configuration, like we talked about, if if they do have kind of that group that they want to kind of ride forward with, um, I think the Colts could be a really good team, and I think they have a good chance of beating the Titans. Um, I, I think it really, honestly, comes down to their offense um, because the defense. Um, I, I think it's going to be fine. I, I mean, you look at. The Titans, I mean, obviously you have to account for, for Derrick Henry. Um, but I think in this in the second half of that first game, I mean, he only – he was held to, what, fewer than 20 rushing yards after having – uh, what was it, 99 in the first half. Um, right, and then right. those Titans pass catchers don't scare anyone. <laughs> I mean – Traylon Burks isn't going to be there. Um, Robert Woods is a, is a solid player and Nick Westbrook Aquina has been reliable, but um, overall it's really not a group of pass catchers that really threatens um, opposing secondaries. And, you know, Austin Hooper hasn't really been the tight end that the Titans had anticipated. Um, so, um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think this this Titan, this Colts um, defense is um, legit. Um, they're like the best scoring defense in in the fourth quarter, like late in games. And so I, I think if if the offense can find that consistency, as I said, um, I think this is a really good team. But that's a huge if, right? Like we don't. I mean, this <laughs> is a very particular thing that worked throwing fifty eight times. Uh, like literally the ball coming out of Matt Ryan's hands in like 0.8 seconds, it felt like. So um, it, it kind of depends. I, I feel like the onus is on that offense. Got you. Got you. Now, as far as the Titans, defensively, we know they have to limit the big plays, which, you know, that's been uh, something that's lit them up like you spoke about. Uh, it's, it's lit them up every single week, whether it's Roger McCreary or it's uh, Caleb Farley. One of those two has gotten a big play thrown on them pretty much each week. So as far as this game, <clears throat> I think I would think the onus would be on the defensive line to get pressure on Matt Ryan. So that way the big plays don't happen quite as much. You know, of course, it, it may be they, they may be getting the ball out a little bit quicker this week to maybe limit that. But of course, just because Matt Ryan's getting the ball out quick doesn't mean he can't hit deep passes either. You know, as, as evidenced by the Alec Pierce touch, uh, touchdown that won the game. So would you say that probably is going to be the biggest matchup right there in the trenches, basically the defensive line of the Titans versus the offensive line of the Colts that will probably determine the game? Yeah, 100%, Mike. 
if if the Titans are able to get pressure on Matt Ryan, get all up in his face, kind of rattle the 37-year-old non-mobile quarterback, um, they have a pretty good chance of winning this game. Um, I don't remember how many sacks they had on Matt Ryan in that first matchup um, in Indy off the top of my head. I, I, I want to say they had five, um, something like that. Um, so I think if they're able to get pressure, help out, help again, like you said, take pressure off of that back end um, and get in Matt Ryan's face, um, that obviously helps a lot. Um, but kind of going back to what I was saying, I, I think the Colts, I truly think the Colts often, the Colts have, have found an offensive line um, configuration that they can find a lot of success with. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of strategy they deploy, right? Because everyone knows that that kind of throwing 50 plus times a game isn't sustainable. And, and, um, and, you know, obviously there are ways to kind of stop uh, kind of that no huddle um, quick passing game. So, um, but yeah, it, it's going to be, did the Colts figure it out with this offensive line or are the Titans is Rashad Weaver, Danico Autry, big Jeff, Bud Dupree, assuming he's playing and it looks like he's playing. Um, or are those guys going to be able to wreak havoc? Um, so I think that's, that's going to determine this game. Okay. All right. All right. Now, of course, uh, I'm not going to ask you to predict the game score, and I'm not going to ask you to do that, but I do have something better. I have a game. <laughs> I have five questions for you. I have two answers. You got to pick one. Are you ready? Yep, let's do it. All right. I'm going to go old school Titans versus new school Titans. Derrick Henry or Eddie George? Which one would you take in terms of their careers, you know, terms, career accomplishments so far? Uh, in terms of career accomplishments, um, yeah, because you have you have uh, Derrick Henry with the two thousand yard season. You have Eddie George uh, being one of the top rushers in Titans uh, team history. Uh, so it's kind of you know in those aspects, kind of a little bit of a comparison, maybe of which one you would take if you had to take one of them. Yeah, that's um, that's a, that's a tough question because I mean, Eddie obviously has a lot of the the records. Um, or, or if he doesn't have a, a record in, in a particular category, he's definitely above Derek because of the longevity he had with the Titans. But you look at Derek's 2,000-yard season and, and kind of what he's meant to the Titans in the present. Um, so based off of that, I mean, I would just say Derek for, for um, just for the purpose of this discussion, uh, <laughs> just because of what he's um, meant to the Titans um, in, in, in kind of the, the present day, the, the engine he's been um, just that mammoth running back, right. Who, who's built like a D end outside linebacker um, and has guided the, you know, has been the key cog to a lot of their success over the last few years. And, you know, being a guy who didn't really follow the Titans all that much before coming <laughs> out to Nashville um, I, I think I just have a better frame of reference on him, even though Eddie George is Eddie George. Um, but I think for that question, I think uh, I, I'll, I think I'll stick with Derek. All right, all right. Well, I told you they weren't going to be easy. 
<laughs> you know, that, that's a hard one. All right. Now, I'm going a little bit, you know, because it is Titans homecoming weekend, so I did kind of have a little bit of a homecoming feel to it, kind of the old and the new. But uh, Derek Mason is one of the leading wide receivers in Titans history. But, of course, A.J. Brown was also very, very instrumental in the Titans offense. Based off of their, their just uh, – which one would you say you probably would take? I, I'm thinking you probably take the elder or over the newer, but I'm going to leave that up to you in terms of the wide receivers. I mean, it, it kind of depends what you're asking. If you're, I mean, Derek Mason's numbers were much better um, because he's with the Titans longer. It, it was kind of <laughs> over a period of time. But I think if you're looking at each as a talent, I mean, I would take AJ. Um, so if we're talking about like career accomplishments and what they meant to the Titans, I would definitely say Derek Mason. If you're talking like just based on a talent standpoint, like what they can do, um, I I would say AJ. All right. Right. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of, uh, safety talk, uh, a little old and new. Of course, Blaine Bishop has been around forever and ever. You've probably seen him out there at Titans practice sometimes. Um, of course, he was a, a all-pro, pro bowl safety. Kevin Byard, on the other hand, is a pro bowl safety and an all-pro. Um, one was great in terms of pass, great in terms of the pass game. The other was no more for being just a physical safety. Um, if you had to pick one guy to kind of build your secondary around, are you building it around the physical safety or are you building it around the ball hawk in this today's NFL? Um, uh, a ball hawk. I mean, you look at the way the rules have changed in the NFL, like you can't really have those. I feel like you can't really have those enforcers anymore. And, and so many of the rules now are kind of geared towards off offensive players. And I know defensive players defensive guys have had a lot of gripes about kind of the the rule changes and how you really can't play defense anymore in a lot of ways. And we've seen kind of just more specifically, like kind of with the the roughing the passer thing, uh, that's kind of been a a debate um, in kind of present times, but, but yeah, if you're, you're talking about um, in today's game against the kind of passing offenses that we've seen, I mean, Honestly, in, in actually this this season in the NFL, I think it's kind of gone down a little bit. Um, but I, I think generally we, we've seen more prolific passing attacks, um, more dynamic quarterback receiver tandems um, than we've seen in in you know kind of previous generations. And you need a guy in the back end who can you know cover a slot guy or. Um, you know, just, you know, go from covering a tight end to covering a slot guy to covering a guy on the outside. I think you need a guy who just kind of has a nose for the football. And um, I think Kevin Byard would kind of be because of that would KB would be my no brainer. And he, he led the league in interceptions in what, 2017, um, I believe, uh, with eight or nine. So, I mean, so so for me, Kevin Byard. For that specific question, Mike, I would say him. All right. All right. Now, of course, uh, I'm going to get out of the uh, the old school versus new school, and we're going to go uh, to the 2022 Tennessee Titans. If you had to pick one lineman that's had uh, a bigger effect 
for the Titans this this season so far? Are you going to pick Danico Autry or Big Jeff? Um, that's had a bigger impact. Um, yes. Oh, that's a. <laughs> you are not lying about these questions. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think obviously as a talent, you choose Jeff. But I mean, if you're you're talking just pure impact, I mean, Danico moves all around. He moves everywhere. He plays edge. He plays inside. Um, he's had some really big moments. Like you think of the, the first Colts game where he had kind of the game, game clinching sack. Um, wow. That's a, it's a tough one. Um, it's where the, uh, it, it's, it's where the tough answers and the tough choices have to be made. <laughs> Wait, so, so just so I'm clear on how you frame the question, it was who is having bigger impact. Bigger impact. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I, I'm just going to say Jeff, I mean, there, there, there's, he's, I mean, he, he's the second best defensive tackle, in my opinion, the second best defensive tackle in the NFL behind Aaron Donald. And it's not just how he wreaks havoc in the run game in the backfield and, and as a pass rusher, um, but you see the effort he plays with. Like you look back at film and him chasing down like running backs or, or receivers when he when he's kind of been caught up around the line of scrimmage and he turns around and just turns on the Jets for a guy his size. I mean, he plays with so much effort for a guy so big um, that I think and, and as big as he's had, as big of an impact as he had as that he's had from a statistical standpoint, I think all the things he does that don't show up on the stat sheet, like with that effort, with the leadership, I mean, b- besides Kevin Byard, Jeffrey Simmons is the leader of that defense. Um, and I know that for a fact. So right. for, for those reasons, I, I, I think I'll just go with, with Jeff. All right. And the last one, uh, you're probably not going to like this question. <clears throat> As far as the cornerback position, you've got Caleb Farley and you got Roger McCreary. You had to pick one guy to start opposite of Christian Fulton and to build for the next two years. Would you take Caleb Farley based off of what he's shown you or Roger McCreary? Roger McCreary. That is that is that's the easiest question you've given me by yeah. far. I mean, Roger <laughs> McCreary has given up a, a few kind of big plays here and there, but he's been so incredibly consistent for a rookie corner kind of thrown into the fire um, that, you know, he, he's, he's, you know, our, I mean, Christian Fulton is the Titans best cornerback, but there've been times where it's kind of been, is Roger the Titans best cornerback. And just from what I saw in, in practices and how sticky in coverage he's been and his versatility, right. Being able to move in the slot. Um, and so, you know, he, he, you know, obviously coming out of, uh, uh, what was it? Um, Auburn. Uh, Auburn. Yeah. Aub- Auburn. He was known as a man coverage specialist. And I think he's, we've really seen flashes of that. It hasn't all been put together yet, but I think we've seen those glimmers with Caleb Farley. It's just, 
I mean, we know the intangibles he has, the size, the speed, the length, all that, but it just hasn't come together for him yet. It, every time he's out there, it, it seems a, a, a massive explosive play is given up. Like every game that I can think of off the top of my head, the, the Bills game, the the Commanders game, the Colts game, just really every game that he's had kind of meaningful snaps. I mean, he's kind of given up a really big um, defensive kind of crippling play. So um, so kind of based off of that, I, I would definitely say Roger McCreary has been more consistent, although I would say Caleb maybe still has more upside. But um, but I think right now is Roger McCreary. Roger McCreary is, is a better football player right now. All right. All right. That's the end of the game. And that's the end of the show. I want to thank you for coming on, Ben. I want to wish you well in all your future endeavors with Fox Sports. Uh, they got a great one there. And uh, I would like to give you the floor to kind of talk about what all you're working on, where people can find you on social media. The floor is yours. Yeah. So, um foxsports.com uh, is where you can find my work um just go over to the personalities tab and and scroll down to find me you click on me and and you could see all my stories um populate um under the videos and and story section um as you know mike has said i'm i i cover the division so um you see titan stuff but you see colts texans and jags um and kind of what I write kind of depends on what the storyline is. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's, that's where you can find me on, on Twitter. Um, it's at uh, Ben Y Arthur, one word. Um, so you can follow me there and, um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's the way you can, you know, support, uh, support me and, and keep a tag on, um, on kind of what I've been up to um, in terms of content. So, um, so yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming on again. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. You've been tuned in to Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out.